morning before we get into our first guest I'm wondering what the the doctor situation is like for you if you live in a rural part of Alberta uh, what's it like uh, trying to find a GP do you have one how long are you waiting to see a doctor? If you're in a big city, if you're in, in Edmonton, if you're in Red Deer, um, you know, Lethbridge, what is it like for you? Uh, do you have one? And how long have you been told you might have to wait to get in to see one? Let me know at 780-496-0063. And I'm asking because, you know, we know that the healthcare system is strained. We know there's a lot of issues right now. And the provincial government says it's trying to address some of those issues. As you heard Randy mention in the newscast, uh, we know that finding a doctor is a challenge. But the province is trying to make it a bit easier when it comes to finding a doctor in rural communities. Today, the province announced a million-dollar investment aimed at training doctors where they are most needed. Advanced Education Minister Dimitrios Nikolaidis said the money will explore medical training in Grand Prairie and Lethbridge. All right, my computer's not working, but just trust me, that's what he said. Nikolaidis says the money will be used by the U of A, the U of C, the University of Lethbridge, and Northwestern Polytechnic in Grand Prairie. It will help the schools work together to plan the regional hubs, which will be extensions to the medical schools in Calgary and Edmonton. Now, this is just the latest in a string of announcements trying to figure out a solution to the rural doctor shortage. Let's kick off the show with reaction from Dr. Gavin Parker, who is board chair of the Rural Health Professions Action Plan and a practicing physician in Pincher Creek. Dr. Parker, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. Nice to speak with you. You know what, Dr. Parker, it was almost a year ago when we last spoke and it was when the province mm -hmm. announced uh, the Reside program. I'm going to ask you about that a little bit later on, but give me an idea of what's the situation like now, right now in the province when it comes to rural doctors trying to find a doctor. Uh, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult situation, and it is a, a pan-Canadian and, and honestly an international issue. You know, coming out of um, a couple of years of the hardest, uh, you know, in practice with COVID and other challenges, and then just the care de deficit that's built up over the last few years has placed an incredible strain. And uh, you know, doctors themselves aren't uh, immune from any of the, the economic um, strains and hardships over the last few years uh, as well, too, just with rising costs and, and revenue staying re uh, relatively flat. Um, yeah. I mean, in our community, we went from 11 physicians at the end of 2019, and we're down to um, six of us now. Wow. So, you know, quite a quite a decrease. So, so what does that mean for for the folks in in Pincher Creek and the surrounding uh, area when it comes to you know trying to get in to see uh, you and it, you know wait times that sort of thing? Yeah, it's a challenge. My my wait times are, are about as uh, uh, you know as long as uh, as they've ever been. And wow. you know, when I occasionally get out of uh, get out of work, like I was last night around uh, actually on call doing groceries around 8 30 at mm. you know at night you know hearing it from patients and those uh, those grocery style uh, grocery aisle consults are becoming more frequent just because mm. we're inaccessible um, in our community you know we've, we've tried our best to keep people at least within our medical home and we're very blessed to have a medical uh, team not just of physicians but
set of uh, respiratory therapists, mental health therapists, you know, dietitians, nurses, everything like that that can help manage. But uh, it, quite a strain. And, and, you know, I was on call. I was, you know, working overnight. I was up several times till about 2, 3 in the morning. And I was back here right again at 7 a.m. for a full day because there's uh, not much else choice right now. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And, I mean, the pressure, obviously, has got to be on. You know, you, 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 you're, you, you've taken an oath to, to take care of people and help people. So, you know, calling in sick yourself or taking a day off, that would be pretty tricky, yeah, exactly. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, none of my colleagues will give me a doctor's note if I want to take a day off. So, yeah. All right. So this this announcement today, you know, this this one million dollars to explore ways um, that you know we could maybe you know, educate and 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 uh, expand uh, the number of doctors and and healthcare um, folks. You know, your your reaction to that. I, I think it's a great start, right? Like we, um, interestingly, I, I sat on uh, Senate for the University of Lethbridge a number of years ago uh, uh, for, you know, ending in 2013. And I remember rumblings about that around that time. And uh, so I, I think it's great. I mean, we do, uh, the University of Calgary already does have a reach into Lethbridge with the rural residency mm -hmm. uh, program training there, but it's very small numbers. Right now, the University of Calgary only trains uh, about 14 residents in uh, Lethbridge and in Medicine Hat and the rural training program. Program, whereas they train about 70 physicians in the urban program, and notwithstanding there, there now is a shortage in uh, in urban uh, centers as well. It, it's not as acute and it's not as long-lasting as it's been in rural. We, we've almost been short my entire career. In fact, that brief moment in 2019 was pretty much the only time we had a uh, an adequate number of doctors. And so, um, adding more spots in regional communities of uh, rural-oriented learners, I think, is is going to be a big plus. And Dr. Parker, what um, you know, if you if if you were putting up a, a wish list of, you know, the top couple of things that, that mm -hmm. needed to be done to help address this shortage, what, what would top the list? I, increasing spots, uh, rural training spots for all healthcare learners, so doctors, nurses, other allied health professionals, um, and, and I think we really need to think of it as a, as a pipeline strategy. Mm -hmm. So actually, my, my wife is a junior high teacher, and today, in between my clinical duties, I had uh, 17 junior high students up at the hospital today learning how to sew pig hawks and, <laughs> uh, and put casts on each other, and they were getting to blow up pig lungs with ventilators and things like that. So just trying to inspire the, the next generation. Um, especially when it comes to rural, we know that the earlier and longer you train people in rural areas, mm -hmm. the more likely they are to stay and work in those areas. I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba originally, and didn't really know anything about living or working rurally until I was given opportunities, actually not surprisingly by RPAP when I was in early medical school, to go out and do some shadowing in, in rural areas. And so that made a big difference. So I, I think first and foremost is thinking of how do we increase the number of rural spots and even having dedicated rural spots in the medical schools. We have a huge deficit in primary care, especially in the rural areas, but there's a lot of areas in medicine where we have an adequate number of providers and letting, to be blunt, letting the universities decide the workforce planning of the province is probably not the best strategy mm -hmm. and we really should be looking at placing people where they're most needed. Dr. Gavin Parker joining me this afternoon, the board chair of the Rural Health Professions Action Plan and a practicing physician in Pincher Creek, Alberta. Now, as I mentioned off the top here, the last Last time we spoke was almost a year ago when the province announced uh, its uh, its reside program. That's the rural education supplement and integrated doctor experience, which tried to address the shortage by offering some financial incentives for doctors. And then a few months later, I think it was in October, they changed things up. Is what's the status of the reside program, and is it um, is it doing the trick at all? 
Well, you know, any strategy that we use has to be multifaceted, right? And that's why I talked about that pipeline strategy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, RPAP, we concern ourselves with uh, high school shadowing days to supporting undergrads, you know, from, from rural areas, you know, get into medical school or nursing school or other health professions. And once they're there, supporting them with scholarships and accommodation and conference help and, and those sort of things. So with the Reside program, I mean, it's, you know, barely a, a year old. Um, there were some really positive uh, tweaks that were made to the program over the last year added a lot more communities um, the, the you know the recruiting has been much more active uh, with it and uh, and so yeah it, it is something I don't have the exact numbers yeah. uh, in front of me right now but it, it is uh, you know it's it's one of the many strategies that is helping to attract I think uh, additional strategies that we can make to to um, help incent even further upstream on that pipeline is uh, is really helpful and again like like I said my own experience as a young medical student being encouraged to to go in and and, um, uh, you know, spend time in rural areas very early in my training was great. And, you know, I actually, the very first operation I ever saw was a, a cesarean section just uh, 30 minutes up the road in uh, in Fort McLeod because my folks lived in Lethbridge at the time. I went home wow. for Christmas. Yeah, and spent some time. There was the first surgery I ever saw. And I'm in a massive U of A hospital, you know, university, 50,000, 60,000 people. And that's where I saw my first surgery was in a small rural Alberta hospital. And, and I think that's really where we could be exposing. I mean, look, it would be great, obviously, to get as many rural students interested in coming back to the rural areas but mm -hmm. the fact is 80% of our population lives in an urban environment if we don't find a way to convince urban kids like me to pursue a, a career in rural medicine um, you know we're, we're not going to have a hope of, of providing an adequate workforce so initiatives like that help a lot and that's the pipeline that we're really happy to, to be part of and to support so what keeps you in a small community you know, the, I, 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 so one of the students today that I was teaching, so 14-year-old kid that I was teaching how to um, how to sew and how to put uh, casts on and how to, you know, ventilate pig lungs and whatnot, as I mentioned, I, I'd asked the room, I said, well, who was born in this hospital? And of course, a lot of them were, and uh, they told me all their names, and I said, like, I, I think I delivered you. And then on the lunch <laughs> break, I went upstairs and I checked, and yeah, so I delivered her 14 years ago. Wow. And here she is now learning, you know, side by side. So, uh, you don't you don't get those kind of opportunities and that closeness um, we we felt great uh, great support from the community and different endeavors that we engage in so outside of medicine uh, my wife and I run a judo club Barracuda judo mm -hmm. club um, one of my other colleagues made a great uh, disc golf course and have a disc golf uh, society in um, uh, you know in in town and and I think Jalen last time uh, um, we uh, we had promised yes. that we were gonna get we were gonna get together for a gin and tonic uh -huh. on the patio of our our distillery this spring so yeah that's so that's the other thing too is we're starting our distillery lost things distillery here and and great support from the from the the community and and uh, yeah so i mean i have zero intentions of, of leaving and obviously i wouldn't have sunk a bunch of money into a business unless i was <laughs> intending to but but um yeah i know it, it's been really supportive and i think but but the trick is you got to get people here right yeah. you can tell people about it on paper as as, as much mm. as you like but until they get here and they get invited for horseback riding or water skiing or you know to go ski touring or whatever with with the locals and, and really get an elevated uh, you know rich cultural experience um, until they get those things it's it's it doesn't mean the same until they can they can get in those environments. It sounds like there's got to be a better marketing and sales job done as as well all the way around. Dr. Parker, uh, again, I, I, I was going to ask you about the distillery, so I'm glad you brought it up. I still promise you I'm going to get down there and we'll have a gin and tonic on the patio someday, okay? That sounds perfect. Yeah, take care. Thank you for this. Thank you so much. All the best. Care. Again, Dr. Gavin Parker joining me this afternoon. What's it been like for you when it comes to finding a doctor? Big city, small city?